0: Hello, people say, okay, normal, Oh it isn't leader, Jesus they never stated Wait a minute. Yeah, he did.
1: No what?
0: Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So this is Steve Taylor's classic song called Whatever Happened to Sid. I cut off the first verse. But listen to the rest of this, okay? And do me a favor, share this out wherever you're at. When the
1: rocks, you Rambles trying up to thing.
0: Cause your mind's on hold
1: set the washington
0: fire in the buckle of the bible belt that's where i live just embellish the truth uh huh mm-hmm. Tell the that born again. Whatever happened to sin? Yeah. Whatever happened to sin? Hmm. That's a good question. So this song was written in 1983. <laughs> or it was published in 1983. I was still in high school in 1983. Actually, was I in high school? I don't even think I was in high school in 1983. Yeah, I was. Actually, I was in high school. I graduated in 1986 from high school. Yeah, so a couple of you in my audience who are a little bit older than me. You graduated from high school way before then. Um, but anyway, hello, people. want to welcome you to the show. Glad you're here. If you're watching the archive, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Hey, do me a favor. If you're actually watching the show, either... A, send me a message somewhere. Tell me you're watching it. Or B, leave a message in the comments. You can even do... I think you can do that. I'm not sure if you can do that, watching the archive or not. But whatever platform you're on, I go. I look at the comments if there's any. Um, and the thing is, is we're, we're not advertising the show. <laughs> I'm waiting for my new website to get put up. Once we get that put up, then I'm going to start advertising the show. Um but we're we've been trying to get some stuff finished so just do me a favor let me know you can go over to biblenewsradio.com you can sign up for my email list but even more importantly the best place to get me is on my text message list and if you watch the ticker below here you can text bible news right there bible news as one word to 33222 put your phone number in there and I send out text messages every day. Either it goes to my daily disciples group, or where we are reading the Word of God every day as, as a fellowship in there. By the way, we're finishing up the Gospel of Matthew, our 16th book we've read together uh, in that group. And uh, we're going to be finishing Matthew this week, starting tomorrow and Sunday. And then we're going to read the little book of Jonah! Jonah! four little chapters. So we're going to end, we're going to end the end of this week. Next Saturday, we are going to be reading the book of Jonah, which is four little chapters and packed with a punch about a little prophet named Jonah, who, um, well, he probably should have went to therapy at some point in his life. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Um, But anyway, we're going to finish that. So that will be 17 books of the bible that we've read together in the daily disciples group and you know to everybody out there who reads in that group i don't care who you are if you've read one time for with us you know what thank you for being a part of the team because when god laid that on my heart a little over a year ago i was like yeah right (laughs) i'm like you know trying to figure out a way to get people engaged in the bible and the, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, why don't you ask people to read? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, but you don't know. No, nah, nobody's going to read. Are you kidding? Um, yeah, well, God knows. And people have. And it's been a wonderful experience. So if you're not in that group on Facebook, I want to invite you to go and join it. Um, and the text messages I send, they either go... They're about that, or they are about um, this show that we're doing on the weekend um, for you. And I want you to know, the Yankees and the Cubs are both playing right now. And so you're, you're truly the host here is is like going, okay, I shut the game off. Both games. I shut them both off so I could give you my attention for this next hour. Um, so... I also want to say thank you to those of you who are praying for me and Randall. Uh, Randall needs prayer because he lives with me. And I need prayer because I live with me. (laughs) So, so So in all seriousness, though, I do want to thank all of you guys for praying for me. You know what? Hey, dealing with the loss of a parent is one thing. When you've taken care of the parent, it's another thing. And when you've had a complicated relationship with the parent, it's, it's another thing, another thing. It's another thing. So, um, you know, the enemy knows where to get you, though. And so what I can tell you is that if you're praying for me, I want to say thank you. Because it's vital, you know. And it's not just because of, quote, my emotional health and my instability or whatever you want to call it. Grief is an interesting part of life. You know what I mean? And um, I was telling somebody earlier today that you cannot be real in our culture. It's very difficult to just be real. Um, you know, when people ask, how are you? most people don't care. (laughs) I mean, let's just honest, okay? If somebody asks me how I am, I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them the truth. They might not want to hear it, but um, you know, uh, I'm not going to tell you my whole life story, but you know. There's a lot more going on, though, behind the scenes, and you know something interesting. This is just my little opening thought, and then we are going to talk about Homosexual Pride Month um, tonight. We're going to talk about the proclamation that Biden put out. We're going to talk about um, a lawsuit that's gone on with a major Christian university. Uh, I'm going to give you the latest statistics about how, how big is the population. There was just a new study released from Gallup um, that I just saw uh, in February and um and then we're gonna talk to you i'm gonna tell you why i think this is um something that as the church um you know it can benefit us okay um and so if you've listened to me for a long time and i know a lot of you have and this is the number one reason people tune into the show is because of this topic i'm not ignorant of that what i can tell you is over over the years my Delivery about this topic has changed because I've changed. Uh, Praise God, I've changed, you know. And and I'll just say, if you're new to the show and you you don't know my background, um, I will just briefly tell you two things. Uh, Number one, on my YouTube channel which I'm going to say it's youtube.com forward slash Bible News Radio. I have a series on there called The Marketing of Homosexuality to America. I think it's eight eight or nine. I think it's eight series, eight, eight hours. Um, and it takes a book written by two leading homosexual activists at the time, and it outlines how um, homosexuality was marketed to America. Okay. Um, it's not completely exhaustive because I got bored after a while and <laughs> I stopped doing the show. I probably should add to it, but I will say that there's a ton of info there, okay? So that's that's one thing. I will also say, because I am transparent on this show, um, at one point in my life, I thought I was gay, okay? Um, and it was at a point in my life when I uh, was, was needing a mother, Let's just put it bluntly. I was needing a mother, I was abused. Um, and, but I knew I knew it was wrong, right? I didn't want to walk down that path. I knew it was wrong. And, um, and I went to therapy and I got help, right? And within three sessions, three sessions, that's like three hours, people, okay? Within three hours of talking to a therapist, I understood, oh, that's what I need. And you know, and the feelings left. Now, I know that that's, you know, the the haters that I've had who've watched the show over the years, you know, they've called us, they, you're closeted, you know, it's clear from your hair, you're closeted, um, you know, I mean, I've heard everything under the sun and, and vile stuff, right? Um, I've been heavily associated with the Christian right who has come out against this topic. Um, I know a lot about the topic, Um not only from a clinical perspective, having been trained by some of the top people in the country, actually really the world, um, who talk about this issue, but I also have a master's in clinical psychology, I'm a therapist by training, and um, I will say that you guys have all been duped, you know, the world of psychology, the the devil is clever as he can be, that's not what I was going to say, but just in case, you know, but he's very clever, and how they did this was very clever. You get the American Psychological Association on your side, and all of a sudden, everybody thinks homosexuality is okay. It's not any more okay than abortion is, you know, just because you legalize killing a baby doesn't mean it's okay, right? And our standard here is God's word, but here's the other thing I got to say. It's not just my clinical background, my personal experience, the people that I know in the politics, but I've gone to these conferences personally. I've gone to the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network conference. I've gone to the SESCAL conference. It's a psychological conference headed up by homosexuals and lesbians who want to promote everything under the sun um, about this and make you feel guilty for having an opposing view. And if there is one thing that I know that I have witnessed, especially in this last year with COVID, um, it is how easy people are swayed by media. And one of the biggest tactics that the homosexual lobby has done is they have done this tactic it's called flooding. And what they do is it's like okay, we'll just put these images on there and and pretty soon it will be everywhere. And I'm going to tell you even I am, am I can't say I'm totally shocked but the level of where this is gone in America it, it's it's crushing. It's just crushing. So, how can we, as Bible believers who read the Word of God, how can we address this issue in our culture? So, I said this when we were having the election, uh, if you want to call it that. Um, <laughs> that if if Biden became our president, and, and I'm going to say this again, and I you know, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but you know, sometimes the truth hurts. If 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 Trump had remained our president, as I think he should have, um, we would not necessarily be having Homosexual Pride Month again. Okay. But I said that if Biden became the president, that I believe God's judgment has fallen again on America, um, as it should. Right? And am I... Oh, oh, I'm a prophet of doom. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Stacey Linhart, prophet of doom, you know, says... God's judging America. He is. God is totally judging America. How could God not judge America with the blatant sin that we have coming from our country that's filtered throughout the whole world? It's not just homosexuality, it's not just abortion. It's pornography, it's theft, it's I mean, it's everything. If you read the word of God, every every everything in there is there, right? And I used to be somebody who would rail against the church. I'm just confessing here. I I would come against the church, and if you've listened to me for ten or fifteen years, you already know that because you say, "Yeah, you know." I would say stuff like, "You know what? This is all the church's fault. The church went to sleep. That's why this has happened." And blah blah. And you know, every stinking pastor out there, you should all repent. You know, <laughs> it's just, I'd be like, "Yeah," and at the time. You know, I meant it, and I, and, you know. But now, I see things a little bit different. Because um, there is nothing new under the sun. Homosexuality was in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament, it's today. What is it, okay? Homosexuality is just a symptom of a sin-sick, fallen world. It's a symptom of a culture that doesn't want somebody or somebodies to get the help that they need. You know what? And I'm going to tell you something. Psychology does not heal you. If it did, I would be totally like 5 million percent healed. (laughs) Just saying. And I'm not completely healed yet. Just saying. You know, um, activism does not heal you can go out, you can, you can be in a gay pride parade, you can go and, you know, support abortion and, and rally at the abortion clinic or, or whatever. Activism does not bring healing. Those things don't bring healing. Going to church does not bring healing. You know, I know that just, you know, some of you are like, what? It doesn't. You can go to church. You can go to a bibli- un- an biblical church. You can go wherever. It doesn't bring healing. What really brings healing in this situation in particular is true repentance the first thing that the lord said when he was out there preaching was repent for the kingdom of god is at hand the problem in our culture today and in our church today is that we don't talk about real repentance what that looks like you know and and you know we well wait a minute i was born that way well no you weren't you were born naked and you were smacked on the butt like everybody Nobody was born gay, okay? I mean, that's just a flat-out lie. Even the homosexual lobby admits that that's wrong, that the research doesn't support that. Oh, but wait! Aren't bees, aren't horses, aren't dogs, aren't cats, aren't birds, aren't they gay? Haven't they figured that out in the species, you know? Um, Okay, let's say, just for sake of argument, they've said that. Well... Guess what? You're not none of that. You are not a horse. You're not a bird. You're not a, you're not a fish, okay? You are a human being that God created in His image. And He fearfully and wonderfully made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He took time to make you. And He did that because He loves you. You know? Um, yesterday, in fact, I was in a, a Bible study in, in Psalm 139. And, and, you know, one of the things that... As we were reading that, I was thinking, you know, I've always talked about how God fearfully and wonderfully made us. You know, he knit us together in our mother's womb. You know, if you look at your fingerprint, you, you know, it looks like you are knit, your skin, your flesh. Flesh is an interesting thing, right? Um, but have you ever considered that not only are you uniquely made um, and you're you're literally one of a kind it always cracks me up when somebody says, oh, you're one of a kind. And I'm like, oh, gag. Gag me with a spoon. <laughs> I, I, I feel that way because everybody's a one, one of a kind and I don't see that as a like a compliment per se. I go, duh. You know, of course I'm one of a kind. We're all one of a kind. But, you know, the the, the God haters out there will go, well, God doesn't exist and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, then explain to me how we all have unique fingerprints. You know, I mean, explain to me how, <laughs> I don't know, 10 billion eggs and sperm cross one another and then one connects, boom, there you are. You know, <laughs> it's like, you can't, you can't, it's true. God makes you, right? So, I mean, you know, but here's the thing if without repentance, you can't have healing, you can have recovery. You can have discovery, self-discovery, if you will. You could have all of these things that lead away from true healing, right? You know, in my almost 20 years of doing therapy with people, one of the things I noticed as I studied addiction and that type of behavior is that in order to overcome addiction, accountability is extremely necessary for most people right i mean that's why the 12 steps are effective because you have accountability the problem with the lgbt issue is number one we no longer tell people to repent of their sin because we tell them they're not in sin and if you read first john chapter one um basically if you do that you're calling god a liar and the truth is not in you because it's sin, right? Steve Taylor, whatever happened to sin, right? Um, but I, just because somebody repents doesn't mean that automatically life change and your your mind transformation isn't going to change either, right? It's not going to change overnight. That's the that's another amazing thing about how God created us. I mean, our brains are amazing. There was one point in my life where I was so fascinated with the brain. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to just study the brain for the rest of my life. Because we use such a small part of it, right? I mean, we have this big, huge capacity for for to use our brain, but we really only use a little part. But God created it. You know, the neuroplasticity of our brain is amazing. He literally made it where if we ruminate on one thing over and over again, in our brain, it gets this groove in there. And it's like, you know, it's like a ski track. You know, go skiing and you know that's the track you go on. But you your brain can form new tracks that can you can overlay, you know, memory and and change things. Um, and that's the interesting thing about dementia, you know, that I saw with my dad and I learned a lot about dementia when I was taking care of him because my dad had dementia. And you know, the thing with dementia is that what dementia basically is is the inability to lay a new track in your brain so people get stuck in that groove i call it the 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 loop you know kind of like you know you're kind of it's like you're skipping and you're on the thing uh, and people get stuck there and the only way to get the person out of that is to distract them and bring them someplace else so that they can stay in the present and not go back to that that group well god gave us His word to transform our minds and the reality is is that if you're not repenting and admitting that there's a situation there and you're not accountable then you're not going to be transformed and you're going to end up being stuck and then what you do is you dance around in rainbow colored underwear and you cry that you're a victim and the whole world hates you because you know you tried and that was it you add into that political indoctrination and religious apostasy and heresy, you got our culture today. So, how do we, as Bible believers, address that? How do we address that? Well, you you, be honest about it. Number one, you know, and admit, hey, this takes work. You know, as they always say, Rome wasn't built in a day, was it? No, it wasn't. But, I think part of the problem is, is that the, you know, because we live in a a society that requires, you know, microwave popcorn to be 10 seconds as opposed to a minute, you know, it's like, well, it didn't happen, so I'm not better. Well, guess what? You didn't grow up overnight either. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, you know, you don't get mad at a baby when he's learning to walk, right? You put Pampers on them, and then when they get up, and at first they start scooting, and then they eventually get up, and they make one step, and we're like, "Yay! Oh, that's so good!" And then, boop, on his butt he goes. Thank God for Pampers, right? And and then we just say, "Hey, let's try it again." You give him something to hold on to, maybe. You know, put him in one of those strollers that you know he can walk around in. He's got he's surrounded by all that. That is accountability. It's stability. There's things there to help aid the growth. Our church is ill-equipped today because the number one thing that we need to do in order to aid the growth of people is get them into God's Word. And if you're not getting somebody into God's Word, you're not helping them. That's where true healing comes from. True healing comes from the one who gave us the Word of God. And that would be Jesus. Uh, because he is the Lord, right? I mean, he is the word incarnate. He is the one that delivers people. Uh, He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. He is all we need and he's the one that does what we need to have done. But he's not just going to go, hey, I see Joe Schmo over there who's struggling with homosexuality and, um, hmm, Maybe I'll go ahead and send little angel over there, tap him secretly on the head with my little, you know, thing in order to set him free. No, <laughs> he's a personal God who wants people to call on him first, you know. And then he's like, hey, how about we go on a journey together and let's go through this together. Are you willing? Are you willing to get better? Do you want to get better? You know, um, you got to admit that there's sin, And you got to admit that there's a need to repent. And that is why this is good for the church to know what's going on um, with with Gay Pride Month. So, all right, so that was a long lead-in, but let me get to um, uh, another thing here first. Actually, Randall, I'm going to, I want to go to the statistics here. So, this was interesting to me because probably... Four, close to 40 years ago now, when um, Oprah Winfrey decided that she was going to start promoting the gay lobby all over the place, um, she cited Alfred Kinsey's research that said that 10% of the population was homosexual, Okay. Uh, what she didn't do was cite Alfred Kinsey as being a homosexual himself, also him doing research on infants and molesting them. And, and also a big part of her sample was prisoners, right? And if anybody doesn't know that, I would encourage you to look up Dr. Judith Reisman's work on Kinsey, uh, because she's documented it all. She's probably the best researcher out there on Kinsey. That's honest, um. So that 10% figure was thrown out into the media for years. Everybody believed, oh, 10% of the population is gay, right? Well, according to new research from the Gallup, um, now there's an article titled here, LGBT Identification Rises to 5.6% in the Latest U.S. Estimate. Don't let that number fool you, though, okay? Because I'm going to read this. Um, So here's the highlights. The estimate has risen more than one percentage point from 2017 update. Majority of LGBT Americans say they are bisexual, and one in six adults in Generation Z considers themselves LGBT. Well, that last one is really easy to figure that out because they've been marketed homosexuality since they were born. Um, But if we jump down here to, it says here, currently 86 0.7% of Americans say they are heterosexual or straight, and 7.6% do not answer the question about their sexual orientation. Gallup's 2012-2017 data had roughly 5% as no opinion responses. The latest results are based on more than 15,000 interviews conducted throughout 2020 with Americans aged 18 and older. So it was a big sample size. 15,000 is not a small number for research. It's actually a good sample size. Um, and it says here, the identity question asked in 2020 offers a greater level of detail than the question asked in previous years. You know why that is? Because they want get more people to fall into that category that's why now it says here now respondents have the ability to more precisely indicate aspects of their sexual orientation or gender identity in addition to being able to identify whether they're lesbian gay bisexual or straight respondents may also specifically identify whether they're transgender okay whatever so anyway go down here then. It says here, more than half of LGBT adults, 54.6%, identify as bisexual. About a quarter, 24.5%, say they're gay, with 11.7% identifying as lesbian, 11.3% is transgender. An additional 33 volunteer, another non-heterosexual preference or term to describe their sexual orientation, such as queer or same-gender loving... Respondents can give multiple responses when describing their sexual identification, thus the total exceeds 100%. Now, by the time you read this, most people don't even get to this last part in this article, but look at this last sentence here. Rebasing these percentages to represent their share of the U.S. adult population finds 3.1% of Americans identifying as bisexual, one percent 4% as gay, point or 0.7% as lesbian and 0.6% as transgender. Okay? So those are the the latest research here. So basically we're looking at 1.4% of the population is gay. That's a little population, and less than that, just over half of a percent identifies as lesbian. I'm surprised that 0.6% is transgender. Last time I looked, it was like 0.01%. I mean, it was really, really small. The bottom line is, is the population is very, very small. Now, what's common to this population is abuse in all forms. Um, the comorbid disorders that are are generally associated with this population um, usually are depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress. There's high levels of sexual abuse within this population that nobody wants to talk about. And that's the greater issue. There's often attachment disruption issues as well. Um, you know, non-bonding parent uh, issues as well. That's why people are drawn to the same gender if they've had, a, a you know, a, a disruption or something in that That's they're looking to, to fulfill and identify in that. So, the question, though, is, is why are we giving this population special rights instead of helping them with it? Well, that's what you do when you want to deny the truth, right? Now, uh, President... Obama, not Obama, Biden, sorry, my bad, Uh, you know, President Biden, which I, you know, apparently is our president legitimately, (laughs) just kidding, Um, uh, put out this proclamation. It says here, uh, Proclamation on Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, and Queer Pride Month 2021. And I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's going to take seven minutes to read it. But it says here, the uprising at the Stonewall Inn in June 1969 sparked a liberation movement. Okay, here's the thing: you got to know about this. Do you know about Stonewall? <laughs> do you do you know who the uprising was against and who it was for? <laughs> I've covered this on the show before, and it's 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 infuriating when you know what it was really all about. Cause it's like, uh, you know, the way they make this sound is like, okay, you know, everybody that hates gay people is was out there and, and trying to kill everybody under the sun at Stonewall. Well, <laughs> that is the farthest thing from the truth, and um, it falls to me into the category of gay hate crimes, right? Where people like, um, um. Oh, geez, her name escapes me around. Rogers. Charlie Rogers. People like the lesbian Charlie Rogers, a couple of years back, um, Charlie Rogers was a basketball player, um, and she had, you know, a, a lot of fans. Anyway, she committed a fake hate crime against herself, and You know, she lied. She went to the press, said that, you know, somebody put graffiti on her house, tried to set her house on fire. Um, She went ahead. She went to, uh, she went screaming, running across her lawn, naked to her neighbor's house, claiming that these people were going to come and beat her up and stuff. And the the house that she went to, the lady that she interrupted at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, The elderly lady was sitting next to her husband who was on his deathbed. And Charlie Rogers came in, disrupted this, lied, basically saying she had been a victim of a hate crime because she was gay. It was all uncovered to be a lie. Well, when it was initially reported, what happened was... The gay community came out, or yeah, yeah, worst her, you know, and all this other stuff. But then, when they found out that she had lied about it, they were gone in heartbeat. I mean, they were out of there. She was actually um, sentenced to time in jail um, and community service, which she also didn't do. Um, she went before the judge claiming some stuff. I mean, it was a mess, and nobody talked about it except me and maybe one <laughs> other person that I because I was obsessed with it. I wanted, I wanted to. To look at the thing, because homosexual crimes against themselves are really, really high. Um, in fact, if you look at most of the homosexual crimes that you see, the hate crimes out there, if you do your research, often it turns out to be somebody in that community. Like with Matthew Shepard, right? That's the biggest hoax ever thrown on America as far as gay pride. Uh, Matthew Shepard was murdered because he was gay. That's the story that we, we, we've been told, Right. But it's not true. Matthew Shepard was caught, he was killed because he was in a drug deal. Gone bad. And, not only that, but there are books written about it by homosexuals who actually when they went through the trial, they analyzed the trial and they put it into a book form. You can get it on Amazon. But people like Elizabeth Vargas from 2020 who originally reported the facts about it got Yelled at and almost lost her job because she she did the she told the truth, and even YouTube videos have been yanked of it because she actually told the truth. They didn't want that narrative out there. Meanwhile, you have a young boy by the name of Jesse Durkheising, who was murdered at the same time, around the same time that Matthew Shepard was. And Jesse was murdered. He was sodomized with glass bottles and by two homosexuals. He was murdered brutally. And yet, I guarantee, unless you followed me or you actually follow the show, you don't even know who this guy is. This poor little boy, who who he is, because the media covered it up. You know, if you if if there should be any hate crimes law named after anybody, it should be Jesse Durkheising who was murdered by two homosexuals, brutally murdered. And in compa- in comparison, you look at these stories and you are like, what the heck? So anyway, all that to say, getting back to this. Um, briefing here, the uprising at Stonewall, um, go ahead, do some research on Stonewall and see what you find. It's not what you think based on what this is going to say. Anyway, it says here, um, it sparked a liberation movement, a call to action that continues to inspire us to live up to our nation's promise of equality, liberty, and justice for all. Pride is a time to recall the trials, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, Plus, community has endured and to rejoice in the triumphs of trailblazing individuals who have bravely fought and continue to fight for full equality. Pride is both a jubilant communal celebration of visibility and a personal celebration of self-worth and dignity. This Pride Month, we recognize the valuable contributions of LGBTQ individuals across America and we reaffirm our commitment to standing in solidarity with LGBTQ plus Americans in their ongoing struggle against discrimination and injustice. Well, (laughs) continuing, the LGBTQ plus community in America has achieved remarkable progress since Stonewall. Historic Supreme Court rulings in recent years have struck down regressive laws, Um, yeah, the the Supreme Court ruling they're talking about is when they overruled the will of the people in 30 states in America, where people voted in those states that marriage was defined as one man and one woman, and you get the Supreme Court overturning the rule of all of those people, never forget that, I'm never going to forget it. Uh, I've harped on it a lot over the years because it infuriates me that you have a a handful of people who wear black robes who decided that they wanted to define marriage the way that they decided to and ignored the will of the people in 30 states.
1: And and in many of those states, those uh, (sighs) people... Amended their their state constitution.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I
1: mean, some some have just (laughs) enacted a law, you know, which which is more susceptible to overturning, but many of those 30 states, I think it was, I want to say at least 12, at least 12 amended their state constitution, you know, so not just passing a law, but changing the Constitution to form, you know, to form the basis of future laws. And the Supreme yeah, Court... Yeah, that's co- what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, some some who just <laughs> enacted the law. Sorry. That's
0: Facebook, my bad. <laughs> and, uh, I was just seeing if everybody was over there. I saw Phyllis is on Facebook.
1: Um, anyway, so just... Yeah, the just yeah. Supreme Court comes along and supposedly they can say, your state Constitution is unconstitutional. Well, whatever.
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, these... Just so you guys know, this isn't hard. Look, I'm not brilliant. All you got to do is go to source material, um, which most people don't go to, right? Go to the source material. Look it up. So, anyway, this goes on to say here, um, they affirmed the right to marriage equality. They secured workplace protections for LGBTQ plus individuals in every state and territory. The Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Cries Prevention Act. If I was related to James Byrd Jr., I would be infuriated that they... Coupled me with Matthew Shep- yeah, Shepard in that. Sure. Um, ugh, anyway. But because here what they're trying to do is they're trying to equate, and they've done this for decades, they're trying to equate behavior with skin color. Um, look, if you're black or white, you're born that way. If you're gay, you're not born that born that way. You might have something have happened to you, but you're not born that way. You can't change your skin color. You can change your sexual choice and behavior. Um Anyway, so there's that, and it says here, members of the LGBTQ plus community now serve in nearly every every level of public office. Yeah, we have a transgender in the Biden administration leading a public office, as well as, unfortunately, in our military. Uh, It says here, nearly 14% of my 1,500 agency appointees identify as LGBTQ plus, and I am particularly honored by the service of Transportation Secretary Pete Buddy Geig, the first openly LGBTQ plus person to serve in the cabinet and assistant health secretary, Dr. Rachel Levine, the first openly transgender person to be confirmed by the Senate. This is sickening, right? Now, this is mental illness on steroids, in my opinion. So you have a transgender, you have a man pretending to be a woman as assistant health secretary in America. <laughs> and he is an ugly looking woman no i mean he's ugly looking he's cuz he's not a woman he is an ugly looking woman cuz he's not a woman he's <laughs> and don't even get me started on the Pete buddy gig guy cuz you know that guy is crazy too so i know i'm sorry it's not it's not loving of me to say that but yeah. So it says here, for all of our progress, there are many states in which LGBTQ plus individuals still lack protections for fundamental rights and dignity in hospitals, schools, public accommodations, and other spaces. What a load of you know what that is, okay? So every person has the same rights when it comes to certain things. What this is all about is giving a person special rights, right? And, and it's, it's about denying reality, right? The elephant in the room here is that people are affirming something that's not true. The emperor has no clothes. Children point that out. Hey, that guy has no clothes on. That's why they want to indoctrinate children, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Um, the reason it's so easy to indoctrinate a child is because children are really innocent and their brains aren't fully developed um, and... Um, And if you tell a child something, they're going to generally believe it, but children will also call out the truth. You know, I mean, so that's why they're doing that. And then it says here, our nation continues to witness a tragic spike in violence against transgender women of color. Yeah, LGBTQ plus individuals, especially youth who defy sex or gender norms, face bullying and harassment in educational settings, and are at a disproportionate risk of self-harm and death by suicide. Yeah, it's not because... How do I say this? I spent three years as a therapist in an elementary school, in a public school in California. Okay. Three years, three years, working with children who are being indoctrinated by the principal and the teachers in that, in the, in that school, because it was California. Um, They weren't getting help. The kids weren't getting help. They were getting indoctrinated. Um, they're, they're being indoctrinated, okay? I mean, it, it's like... Okay, the self-harm... <sighs> And, and death by suicide. I like how they put that in there. Death by suicide. So, um, okay, let me ask you something. Have you ever met a homosexual, a lesbian, bisexual, transgender individual who wanted to be that way? No. I i have never met one, and I have know I've met quite a few. And I've been at a couple of gay conferences, by the way, um, and talked to a lot of people because I was undercover as a spy. And not one person did I talk to say, oh, I'm perfectly fine with this. People innately know it's wrong. People innately don't want to be that way. But because they've been hindered from actually getting help because the APA has decided to overturn stuff and help for people... Etc. And the church has embraced it and said, oh, yeah, you can come in. We're all an inclusive church here. Uh, you're fine that way. Who gives a, you know, we're, we don't care what God's word says. <laughs> you know, We're just going to love on you anyway. So explain to me how we can do that. And people like this are still killing themselves. They're there among lesbians. Violence uh, on, with lesbians is like way, way high. And what I can tell you is the police officers that deal with lesbian and lesbian crime say it's some of the most brutal stuff that they, they, they look at. Okay? So, you got that problem. Alcohol abuse is higher in this population as well. Why? If we give them marriage, we've given them all these special rights, they've gotten everything, they got the media, they got gay characters, they got the church, they have everything, and yet, for some reason, they're still killing themselves and they're committing self-harm. Explain to me why that is. If everything that they fought for, you know, we heard during Prop 22, Prop Trump, uh, Prop 8 in California in particular, which defined marriage as one man and one woman, we heard, hey, if, if we could just get gay marriage in America, then then we would be so happy and the, and the fight would be over, right? No, that's not right, because... On one hand, they said this in the media, but then on the other hand, if you watched the after thing over on C-SPAN, like I did, the head of the Human Rights Campaign, which, by the way, one of the former heads of the Human Rights Campaign, was actually arrested um, as being um, essentially a pedophile. It was an older man going after a younger boy, which they never do that, Right. But when that guy was arrested, the media hid that and spiked that as well. Cause you know, there's no praying. No older man preys on a younger man. No older woman, and you know, who's attracted to younger women. The, we don't do any of that. You know, pedophilia. That's like, no, we don't do that. There's there's none of that, right? And that's a lie too. It's all over the place. It's how they recruit. Is they recruit that way? Um, but what we heard after. The equality and gay marriage became legal in America was okay we will not stop until everybody accepts this behavior hands down and I'm gonna say it one more time I've said it a million times I think but I'll I'll say it one more time they're coming for you the church the number one opposition to this is the church Right, You have the equality law, which is what they want to get passed here, and they probably will. Um, And once that equality law act is passed and put into law, then you're right as a biblical Christian, you you get ready for jail, discrimination, losing your job, whatever, because if you're going to hold to a biblical worldview, this agenda is going after you. Um, I don't like it any more than I like talking about this issue, period. Because, you know, people are like, well, you're just an intolerant, hateful bigot. And a closeted lesbian, you know, your marriage to Randall's just a racket. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, I just, uh, yeah, it, it just, it, it's, it's infuriating to me. And if you don't think that this is true, I will say, today, I happened to note this article over on ABC News. Titled, Moody Bible Institute in Chicago is sued for discrimination. It says this: a lawsuit accuses Moody Bible Institute in Chicago of discrimination against LGBTQ students. Megan Steffen a- said faculty members at the Christian College objected to her graduation after she came out as gay two years prior. Steffen said two administrators asked for a virtual meeting in which they asked her about her dating and her sexual history. She did graduate from Moody Bible in 2020. Uh, Stefan is now one of 33... Plaintiffs in a class action suit against the U.S. Department of Education. The lawsuit calls for enforcement of anti-discrimination protections of LGBTQ students at religious institutions. No, it's not religious. It's Christian. Um, It's a Moody Bible Institute. Used to be one of the most biblical institutes out there. They've had a lot of problems in recent years. But one of the things I can say is that, you know, these Christian colleges are are like, they have standards. You go to a Christian college, and in particular at Moody, just as I'm sure at Wheaton and at Biola and where I went, Van- Vanguard University of Southern California. When you became a student there, you signed, you know, I, I mean, I also used to work at Hope International, which is a Christian college. You signed a piece of paper saying that this is how you were going to live. You know, homosexuality is wrong. It's a sin. We do not engage in this. Just because you feel like coming out at a Christian college, now what? You're going to sue the Christian college for what? Discrimination. What? Whatever happened to personal responsibility and going to therapy and getting yourself some help and dealing with the root causes of your same-sex attraction? That's the answer. It's it's not suing somebody. So this has nothing to do with equality, It has everything to do with silencing the church. Why? Because the game plan of Satan is to hate on every human being that was created in God's image. And if he can get human beings created in God's image to go after one another, to have sex with one another, to destroy themselves any way possible, then he's won. Because the image of God is on each one of us. But a lot of people in the church today, they don't... I mean, I, I remember... I was in a chat about five years ago. Uh, it was on Blab, which is now a dead platform. But I, I was in there, and I was talking, and I and I said that very thing. I said, look, the reason why this is so detrimental is because human beings were made in the image of God. We're the only creation God made that way, right? You look at a baby. ah." Oh, it's such a beautiful little creation, right? You you look at man and women the way that we're supposed to be. Women with long, beautiful hair and and breasts and hips and you know and men with you know testicles. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say something because I said breasts for women, but you know, cute legs and a round butt. Okay, <laughs> you know, you, know you, you you look at men and, and I mean I've been watching a lot of baseball and these men are good looking, right? <laughs> they're all young enough to be my children. So, you know, just saying. But anyway, the point is that you look at how God created man and woman. They go together, right? And if Satan can do anything to destroy that, he's going to. But who does he have to destroy in order to do it? The church, you know? And don't forget that the church represents Christ in his body, right? So... If you're going to be a follower of Christ and disciple of Christ, you're going to have to realize the underlying spiritual issues that that are really surrounding this issue. When somebody comes out to you and says, I'm gay, I feel this way, and blah, blah, blah. And you know, what I do is I would say, okay, clearly you have some pain in your life. Let's talk about your life. How long have you suffered from depression? Were you ever abused in any way? What, tell me about your relationships with women, with men. You know, be hospitable to them, love them, but you don't affirm their identity. It's it's you know they, if they're if they're a Christian and they're identifying as a gay Christian, then you got to be very careful there because. Nowhere in scripture is there any differentiation between a gay Christian and a heterosexual Christian. And there's no book in the Bible that depicts homosexual love. If you look at the book of the Song of Solomon, that book is a romance book between a man and a woman, which was clearly a beautiful love story. Now, the gay activists... Uh, gay Christian community will say, well, you know, Jonathan and David, they're a perfect example. Ruth and Naomi, you know, and I, and I'm like, okay, in who's, like, like, like I read these stories in the Bible this year, actually, and I'm like, no, Ruth and Naomi, um, in fact, the interesting thing, this is the thing, this is just a talking point if somebody says it to you, Ruth and Naomi happen to have been both married, Um, Ruth's husband died, and so did Naomi's, and they were both grieving, and Ruth left her God to follow Naomi to her God, and through that line, we all of a sudden magically get Jesus coming out of it, okay? So, (laughs) nowhere in the Bible does it say Ruth and Naomi were like, they were lesbian lovers. You know what I mean. I was like, where Where do they even get that? There's like, you know, that's a covenantal language between Ruth and Naomi. They were both widows, okay. And the
1: whole, <laughs> the whole upshot of Ruth is her courtship of Boaz, really, and mm. and Naomi instructing her daughter in law how to win his favor so that they. I need to take off this. We're done with this story. So okay. that author's gone. But yeah, exactly. I just want to <laughs> real quick pitch in because you're talking about you know the enemy of uh, the enemy of mankind. Right. Asatan, Satan, you're looking to destroy the image of God. And we look at the image of God, which we see in Romans chapter one, you know, let us make man in our image and our likeness. What is the first command of God? recorded the first thing he says to humankind
0: to love the lord your god no
1: no i'm not (laughs) talking first important i'm talking first in occurrence oh. in Genesis chapter one.
0: You shall have no other gods before- <laughs> No,
1: not, ex- not Exodus chapter twenty. Oh, sorry. Genesis chapter one, the very first words of God oh, recorded in, the beginning. in that kind. In the beginning? Well that's that sorry. that's describing <laughs> the very first words of God to humankind. I'm I'm pulling for you. I'm pulling for you. It says yes the things he said about the life and it tells us but then he sp- speaks to man god (laughs) blessed them god blessed them and said to them
0: this is why i'll never be in a bible for people
1: (laughs) god blessed them and said to them
0: be fruitful and multiply there you go yes i did it there you go yes
1: you did it all right
0: sorry my mind was somewhere else
1: all right and so
0: i feel good about myself again
1: Now if you're uh, now now yeah. if you're the enemy of God and the enemy of mankind, the guys
0: are pulling for me
1: i mean what what are you going to target
0: well, I would target mankind that's what i would well, do yeah
1: but if you're if you're you're an enemy of God, an enemy of mankind, you're going to do whatever you do to to undo the first commandment of God to mankind, sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and abortion and homosexual
1: exactly. behavior do that. So, yeah. Spot on. That's right. all I was trying to get there. Only there was a, I thought you were going to come in right away with that first command. So Yeah, I didn't. It wouldn't have taken this long. But I
0: actually didn't say most of the stuff I thought I was going to say. This this The right. show's kind of gone off the rails. But, anyway, all that to say that, yes, it is, um, in case you didn't know, we're also celebrating um yeah. Black Music Appreciation Month, uh, National Home Ownership Month, uh, National Ocean Month, and Great Outdoors Month, as well as National Caribbean American Heritage Month, and National Immigration Heritage Month. Joseph Biden made all of those um, proclamations June 1st, as well as LGBTQ month. Now, it's interesting. because he they Yeah, they're, it's all on the website. Mm-hmm. If you go over to the briefing room tab on WhiteHouse.gov, you can scroll through. And you could see that our president, um, who's got dementia, I think, anyway, um, has declared all these other things. But you're not seeing rainbows. I mean, I mean, you are. That's all you're seeing is rainbows everywhere. Um, about that, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, why isn't instead of the Apple logo and the LinkedIn logo all being rainbow? Why don't are shape? Why aren't logo. they? In the, yeah, why aren't they in the shape of a house to you know commemorate you know National Homeowners?
0: <laughs> don't give me <any> ideas. <laughs> you
1: know, uh, um, or you know some ways for the you know, National Ocean. You now
0: know. I got to just say one last thing because you know our show is pretty much over here. But one last thing I want to say is look. I'm not, um, I don't hate gay people, right? And I know there's a lie in the church that says thou shall not judge, right? Like, who are you to judge? You should not judge anybody because, you know, they love who they are and they can't change how they feel, blah, blah, etc. And what I would say to that is it's actually biblical, If somebody is referring to themselves as a gay Christian, then it is my job to judge, because we're supposed to judge those within the church. Read the book of 1 Corinthians. You can look at that. Chapter 5 in particular, and then keep reading into chapter 6, where it talks about in verses 9, 10, and 11, where such were some of these, right? Some used to be this way, right? And no longer are they. Why? Because going back to the first point I made, they chose to repent. They had to admit they had a problem, and they repented. And that's important. Um, and I want to end with this article that I found a couple days ago. Um, actually, it was yesterday. And and it's called The Sunday Go to Meeting Bible. And I'm going to make a point with this. Okay, this is an opinion piece, but listen to this. Um, it says here, almost 10 years ago, I purchased a lovely purple Bible my friend picked out, and we had her name engraved on the front. She loved that Bible, and I watched as she carefully, lovingly put the book tabs on the pages. She poured over the scriptures day and night, opened her home to a ladies' Bible study, invited her friends and told me she was going to be the hostess. I asked, who's going to teach it and lead it? She said, you are. In actuality, the Holy Spirit, the only one true teacher, taught the sessions. I was just an otherwise empty vessel delighted to be the carrier. She and her sister, both elderly with walkers, were baptized by God through me with all the ladies witnessing that spring at the local YMCA. It wasn't long after that that she went home to be with the Lord. Recently, the state was settled and the Bible was brought to the forefront. The family returned it to me as I returned to the gift to page. I saw and remembered how I thought it was odd she used pencil back then to insert our names. The page was easy to erase clean. The word is alive and should be kept moving. I recently had uh, bought a pack of mechanical. Uh, pencils with erasers and the page erase clean. I never used a pencil. It was odd that I had bought one. Then my heart lit up. Maybe this is what she intended all along. I decided to donate it to one of the thrift stores and felt God put it in my spirit to take it to the goodwill, where perhaps he was sending someone to receive it that that might not go to the religious thrift stores. God has a, a surprise for someone. I wanted to be sure a good Samaritan did not think we had lost it and try to return it to the name on the front, so I placed a note inside. The note read that she had passed away, and now it is time for someone else to enjoy this beautiful Bible. My heart was blessed to be the delivery boy and realized God planned this almost 10 years ago or before time began. His word is still alive and moving, and my friend in heaven is still sowing seeds Some of the ladies that were in this Bible study group are still alive and reading this today. Know that God has plans for your Bibles too. God will keep them alive and moving within your own families or place a courier in the path to move them in a new direction. God already planned the journey a long time ago for it is written for his written word to keep moving. May it not end with you. Godspeed, keep it moving. So I read this and I started to cry when I read it. You're like, really? There's a shock? You cried at something? <laughs> no. Uh, the reason I cried when I read it was because when I first became a Christian, my mom wouldn't let me have a Bible. And then about a year or so into it, she got me a Bible. And it was, um, it, I love that Bible. It was my favorite Bible that I've, that I've ever had, except for the one that Randall gave me 30 something years ago, or no, 20 years ago or something. And um, as I th- thought about that Bible and I was praying yesterday, telling the Lord about a couple of things that i would lost. Um, I lost a cross necklace that I received when I was a little girl um, in the Catholic Church. It was my first introduction to God. And when my abuser came after me, he ripped it off my neck and I never could find it after that. And I was crushed by it. I was like, this is like my only thing that I had connected to God. And then when I got that Bible from my mom, after having literally begged God for a Bible, and then kind of fought for a Bible for a while, um, somehow, to this day, I still have no idea what happened to that Bible. And I um, was going through these news reports, and I saw that story. And I had this thought come to my mind, um, I had a couple of thoughts, but this one thought was, you know what, sometimes when we lose something, God wants us to replace it with something else. He wants us to look somewhere else for something new to, 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 to find, right? And, you know, you can go and you can read parables of the lost coin and, and all of that. But in my heart, I was like, okay, I've lost my dad. What does God want me to find now? That was my context. Our context today could be the same. So many people believe that we've lost America. We've lost the culture war. Maybe we have, right? But one thing that we'll never lose is Jesus. We'll never lose God's word if we hide it in our heart. You know, Psalm 119.11 says, um, Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you paraphrased um and the thing is is if you're not treasuring god's word in your heart you're never going to be able to stand up to a culture that's telling you that this is right right just because it's gay pride month doesn't mean you have to celebrate it what that should remind you of is the fact that we live in a sin-sick fallen world people are easily led astray all like you know sheep have been led astray and that because God was gracious enough to call us to himself that we have an opportunity to go alongside people and be real and say, you know what? Hey, this is tough. You know, um, one of the very first things I learned in my recovery um, was about the Velveteen Rabbit. Right. I know a lot of people look at that book and they think, well, that was a nice kid's book. There's so many life principles of that book. And and the biggest one is, is that people are uncomfortable when they're not real. Right? The LGBT community, by and large, is not comfortable because they're not real. They haven't gotten to the place where they can be real and they can have their whiskers rubbed off and, you know, they can become that stuffed animal to the little boy that needed it, you know, have you ever loved something that, like my dad, right, my dad was old, he's 92 when he died, he wasn't, you know, I mean, he he had bad breath, he stunk like urine, I mean, you know, there were things about my dad that were nasty and appalling as he aged and withered, and I look at pictures of him from 20 years ago to now, and I think, man, but you know what, my dad was real. That was real life. You know, getting older, that's about being real. Right? You don't, you know, a lot of people resist age by coloring their hair or or getting a tummy tuck or, you know, plastic surgery or whatever. Why? Why I mean, I understand coloring hair. I don't judge you for that, but but you know what I but there are people that are obsessed about that. Like like I like I've heard stories of women who will never let their husband see them without makeup. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Because my husband sees me all the time without makeup. You know, they're it's because they're not comfortable. They're not comfortable being real and showing that raw part of who they are. And yet that's who God sees you. That's that's God sees you and accepts you that way regardless. You know. Um yeah. I mean, I'm I'm struggling with my grief right now, right? Okay, I'm getting help. I reached out to my therapist today. My former therapist actually. I talked to her cuz she knows me. She's seen me through thick and thin, ugly, you wouldn't believe, you know. Um but there, you know, but some people can't handle grief. They most people frankly can't handle grief. They don't know how to deal with it. It's uncomfortable cuz they're not there. They haven't been there. Um other people can't handle whatever the, itch, the issue is, right? But as the body of Christ, we can overcome and we can get through these things if we're honest. You know, Psalm 51 verse 6 says, Surely God desires truth in the inner parts. He wants to know you, right? And so if you know somebody in the gay community, um, if you know people who minister in that community, May you never forget that that's one of the big root issues, is that people, when they're feeling uncomfortable, it's because there's no freedom to be real. The opportunity we have for the church is to give them a safe place where they can be real and they can get better. Not give them a place that placates them, but gives them a safe place to grieve, to, to cry, to get angry, and then to learn some coping skills so that they can move forward and get better. Um, God doesn't want us to be stuck, you know, as a caterpillar. <laughs> to use a bad analogy, He wants us to be a butterfly. Okay. But there is that transformation process that takes place. And unless somebody's willing to go through it, you know, you're never going to get the victory on the other side of it. It's not easy, though. It takes a lot of guts to do it. It takes a lot of fortitude to do it. It takes courage to do it. And a lot of people don't have that. So if that's you, one of the things I would encourage you to do is I would encourage you to pray for courage, pray for strength, You know, uh, one of the the verses in Psalm 119 I've been holding on to lately says, um, My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. When I was memorizing that, I was like, I kept missing the word strengthened. But then I stopped and I thought about it. (laughs) I was like, yeah, yeah. They or whoever it was that wrote that, you know, they were weeping. Their soul was weeping because of grief. And he asked to be strengthened according to his word. We have to be strengthened in the word of God. If we're not, we're not going to be able to stand, you know, and we can't do it alone. And if you're trying to do it alone, good luck. You're going to be run over and eaten by a wolf. I mean, because it's, it's not going to happen, right? So um, take that for what it's worth. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback. If you have any good, bad, whatever, just be nice. If you, you know, feel like you want to criticize me, just try to be nice because I'm sensitive and, um, and um you know pray for those who are lost in the community cuz god god can heal them and he will but they got to want to be healed so um also if you like our show and you want to donate some of you do donate uh, on a consistent basis i want to say thank you again for that we appreciate it um you know i was talking to somebody earlier today they I was telling them that, you know, some people think we lived on a fixed income. We don't. (laughs) We live on a faith income. Um, You know, we really do. I I do not get a paycheck unless something happens. Uh, So, you know, when you donate, I appreciate it. I want to say thank you. Um, And you can do that over at our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. You know, our goal here is to reach the hearts of people one verse at a time. You're going to see more of that in the coming days, by the way. Um, but um, I covet your prayers, even though I know coveting is one of the Ten Commandments, and I probably shouldn't covet. But I do ask for your prayers um, for us. And um, just want to say thank you for tuning in and spending time with us. So hope you have a good night. And I think Randall is going to be back tomorrow night with something. Are you? I don't know. That's the plan. That's the plan, he says. So. Um, so come on back tomorrow night and, um, you know, I do, do want you to be bold I do want you to stand up and I do want you to remember to go with God cause he does love you and, um, uh, we'll see you then.